0: To the Hot Ticket Podcast. This is episode twenty-eight. It is November nineteenth. It's a Sunday. We've never recorded on a Sunday before. No, we haven't. We should be in church right now. Hopefully, it'll be the last one. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kind of sad. I'm missing church. Yeah, I'm highly religious. All about them
1: donations for me, right? I know God's poor and he needs every
0: ten dollars in the bucket. Let's build a megachurch. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Could you imagine if someone, they like put around the donation plate and someone dropped in a dollar and they're like, just not enough. It's like, uh, now you just go need more, <laughs> cough it up. You got a checkbook on you. You can write us a check.
1: We'll take a check. I guess that's enough. And you just like give them the sad eyes. Like,
0: Do you ever think a, uh, a collection plate is going to be replaced by like a swipe credit card? Like on an iPhone. <laughs> they just pass an iPhone it. around and I'm just start swiping. It. I'm <laughs> waiting for it. That's a short matter of time. Church donations on a swipe a credit card swipe card. That way there's, you know, there's no excuse not to get money. It's like, ah, oh, sorry, yeah. man. I don't carry cash. It's like, you oh. get your credit card on you, don't you? Oh, you have that, like, new iPhone swiping. thing. You can swipe your card in. Yeah. That would be so weird when I think about it. Um, I have to announce this real quick because a winner was selected for our uh our five pack giveaway. Yeah, man. So we had we actually had a pretty good chunk of engagement. It was it was actually it was nice. So, thank you to everybody who rated and reviewed our podcast. It's it's actually helped out quite a bit. Which is awesome. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And the winner is actually Michael James, and his Instagram is at michael.james.89. So congratulations, Michael, Michael James. James. <laughs> and by the time everyone hears this, I'd already put something out on social media as far as the winner, and I'll make sure that I get his address so I can send him that five-pack of the Jericho Hill Willie Lees by Crown Heads. Let me guess, Michael James was born in 1989. I would say he's probably born in 89. I've seen his pictures. Michael. He James. looks like he's a couple years younger. Enjoy your five pack of <clears throat> Sorry. Deliciousness. Deliciousness. <laughs> yeah. So thank you again, everybody who participated. It was pretty awesome. And I think the two weeks helped because people were trying to figure out how, how to actually get <laughs> to the page to rate and review. And, of course, iTunes is really terrible about posting instantly because everything yeah, has don't. to go through approval process. Yeah. So it, there's always a lag and delay, which is why I delayed announcing a winner's because I wanted to make sure everything was submitted and in there yeah, comfortably. Man. So yeah. that's pretty cool. I really appreciate And we actually had a lot of people from out of country who did it. So a guy from Argentina did it, but and when you go to iTunes, you have to switch at the bottom. You have to switch your country of origin to see them. Oh, so we shit. have a couple Canadian ones. We have an Argentinian one. We have a few from the UK and then one from somewhere else in like the Netherlands. <laughs> so oh, it's pretty great. cool. You have to change your country of origin though for it to view. You can't view it if you're, if you're in us. <clears> so it's pretty cool. I was like, damn, that's awesome. So we've got some uh, global presence, which is pretty sweet. I feel like that
1: song, for Michael Jackson should be playing in the background, like Heal the world, a <laughs> better place.
0: But Ma- Michael Jackson's worst song, for you and for me, that was like his what his humanitarian song. Didn't he have other? There was other singers um, that he's were done, on that, right? Yeah, there was yeah, like a, a lot of, of people like, on there. There was like twenty something people yeah. singing that song. It's like it's Michael.
1: We got we got to sing people on there. We got
0: to do it. You do it. Never mind, he molested kids. <gasps> Um. So we're gonna let's jump right into this. Yeah, I, I want to because I'm excited.
1: And I just want to preface, I'm not gonna sound normal because I'm sick. Yeah, got a little bit of the sniffles. I got a head cold, little and my sn- voice is a little snifflers. My voice is hoarse as
0: hell. You know what's weird is that I I just imagined everybody like back in Ohio in this dreary cold weather, yeah. and I spent the past couple of days in sunny ass Florida. Yeah, you did. That's <laughs> awesome. Thank you. So um, this is actually kind of cool. So we decided to, we I didn't even put out a poll this week um, as far as the review goes because Chris had actually braved the cold elements it's got sick. outside, which is probably why you're sick. <laughs> Some things are worth it. This is definitely worth it. He braved the elements, posted a picture on Instagram. I think it was probably 30 degrees out that day or whatever. Yeah, it was that first Wednesday we got hit it was with really, really cold, cold weather. Yeah. And you were outside, braved the elements, put a little space heater in front of you, which I probably liter- didn't do shit. I
1: literally had, I was sitting outside and I was like, fuck, I didn't wear enough clothes to be out here. And I took two other like outdoor chairs and created like a wall to my sides to block the side winds. Yeah. And then I was hunkered down in my chair against the table with, like, a space heater that's, like, not much bigger than both of my hands put next to each other. Yeah. And it was just barely <laughs> outputting, like, this slight warm air. That was just being erased by the bitter cold. <laughs> it was, like, because it was just sucking in 30-degree, like, air, but it wasn't, like, big enough to heat the air quickly. Right. So it was just, like, blowing out lukewarm air on my hands. <laughs>
0: Hey, you know what? The sacrifices you make. I know, yeah. So because that sacrifice was made and because you posted it and, and I think you tagged it, uh, crowned Heads, yeah. and you were smoking, what were you smoking? The Jericho Hill? No, I was so smoking
1: like, their two new sticks. Actually, I smoked them back to back too. F- oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the yeah, Yellow yeah. Rose was the first oh, one. Oh, yeah, I've wanted to try that. And then the uh, Nashville, or the, yeah, the Nashville Waltz. Right, right, yeah. yeah. Very cool. So very I very i had cool. never had them before, so I was like, you know, I like do like crown heads stuff so i was like i'll try these ones i've never had them
0: yeah which is pretty decent. which is decent. pretty sweet yeah and uh because you braved the elements and posted the picture and tagged crown heads john huber <laughs> commended <laughs> you on your and john huber for people who are listening to this is the owner of crown heads he's like the master blender i believe i as didn't
1: well. really even know who it was because it was just crown heads right um yeah. responding to it in like uh yeah, man, you're for for the elements. blah, blah, blah. Hit us up in an email, and we'll send, like, a care package. And I'm thinking, what is it going to be, like, a scarf and, like, a blank, like, a <laughs> heating blanket for being outside? I have no idea. Oh, man. <laughs> or, like, a hoodie. Yeah. And then, um, so I started, uh, I sent the email later that day, and um, John was the one that replied, and I'm like, John, what does it, why does that name sound familiar? Yeah. And I looked
0: at it up and went, oh, shit, it's a master blender. <laughs> yeah. John Huber, he's the big dog there. He's the owner. So that was pretty cool. And then he sent you a nice note and a whole bunch of swag. Yeah, and,
1: he gave me a bunch of stuff.
0: And a four-pack of uh, the Las Calaveras, which yeah, leads nice. us into um, leads us into this review. So uh, Had to show some love back. Had to. Right. And uh, when I was in Florida, I asked you to pick something to review. Yeah. And, and uh, I'm glad you picked that because that's one I wanted to review for a while, and I had one on deck. So... Um, when I was in Florida, I almost picked one up from this <clears throat> baller ass cigar shop I went to called smoke on the water. That's all sweet. Pretty good pun. Yeah. Um, and the guy who owns it also owns dot which I've actually ordered stuff off before and yeah. he was in the store It's one of the coolest cigar. I mean, it was insane. The amount of inventory they had. And anyway, I exchanged a few messages with him even after the fact, but, um, their humidor was phenomenal and they had the Los calaveras in there. So I had one on deck, kinda ready to go, brought one home with me and yeah. And uh as soon as I got home yesterday, I grabbed my cigar, grabbed all my shit and walked out in the back and started smoking. Yeah. I mean it was like I smoked my midday. Boom. I was like one o'clock when I smoked mine. It was it was it was a nice pleasant experience because it was still pretty warm last night. Yeah, so once, I only had to go out in my hoodie and my jeans. It wasn't it had not been uh the the cold front had not rolled through. It's yeah, about 30 right just now. Just
1: the prefaces before we get into it. <coughs> Apologies. Um I would think oh yeah, we I I haven't really smoked an aged 2014 but you've we've had cigars all the way back to the 2014 edition.
0: Right. Yeah, I've smoked. I've not smoked one aged either. Actually, you know, I did smoke one aged because I bought it in two thousand fifteen when I smoked in two thousand fourteen. But I smoked it two thousand fourteen twice and I've smoked all the iterations. 15th, 16th, and, 15, L- 17th.
1: 16 and
0: now 17th. Yeah. Yeah. So um, Crown Heads keeps releasing a new edition every year, which is awesome because it is, in my opinion, it would be their flagship Edicione product. Libertada. So um, so let's jump into the review. I would say let's start with um We'll do a breakdown of each one of our um, characteristics that we grade on. One, construction. Two, burn. Three, flavor. We give an overall score, and then we do the perceived value, um, whether or not we actually believe it's worth the dollar that you pay for it. Yeah. Construction's
1: broken down into three main criteria. Firmness, oiliness, and whether it has damage. And so (laughs) I'm just going to commentate it like it's like one of those narrators are just You don't have to break it down
0: to that degree. Okay. So just give your give your overall thoughts on construction.
1: <coughs> like always um I, I would say every Cronheads stick I've had is pretty damn good. Um very firm with this uh, the with those cigars I got from John. Uh I was smoking the Toro. Um sometimes you find like a soft spot Towards twenty five percent mark, closer to your fingers, just because the long fillers don't reach that far very well. Um, but I thought the construction was super good. Definitely with the Ecuadorian Habano Maduro wrapper, it was pretty damn oily. In fact, as soon as I like pulled them out of like the little cedar box, I was like dude, they smell so fucking good. Yeah, they had that like nice sheen to them. I'm like, yes, this is gonna be. Yeah. Super tasty. And I like it. I like Maduro's and I love Nicaraguan fillers, which is the filler. Yeah. That's kind of your thing. Yeah, That is my thing. So overall construction was super on par.
0: Yeah. I would have to say the same thing. I was actually, when I, and I had not really looked at it much when I bought it. Yeah. But I really glossed over it a lot yesterday before I started smoking it. Yeah, man. The wrapper is fucking unbelievable. Yeah. that I noticed that first and foremost as far as it's very thick. It's very veiny, very oily. It was one of the best wrapper presentations I've actually seen on a yeah, cigar. Yeah, it's super good. I was very, very thrilled by that. I'd say in addition to that, I like that it seemed... In the construction, as far as the firmness goes, I couldn't feel any dead pockets in it, which made me excited to smoke the cigar because I was like, I wasn't anticipating there there was going to be anything bad. Yeah. Like, oh, uh, shit, I'm going to run an issue right here. I'm going to run an issue down here. Um, all parts felt to be very firm, so it seemed like the fillers were very dense inside, very well packed. Yeah. Um, which, I expe- honestly, on this cigar, I don't expect anything less than that. I would have been disappointed had it not been as great as I Initially looked at, so my excitement is not because it was better than expected. It was just because that's exactly what I expected. Yeah, absolutely. This is their flagship cigar. Yeah, and it, man, it, it's a good one. It is a good one. Yeah, I was pretty, I was pretty impressed overall. So, what about burn? How did you feel about the burn? Oh, the
1: burn! Oh, god, the burn! The burn is just wonderful. You just taking that deep inhale into your mouth and let that creamy smoke just swirl in the inside of your cheeks. It is a wonderful feeling. And with a little bit of pepper and earthiness <laughs> it makes for a wonderful draw. Um I would say consistency the, this is you know one of the things we graded uh Nicholas J on is how much the construction affects the consistency. Right. On the burn, whether or not it runs, or it canoes, or it goes out easy, or burns too fast. Um, Crown has is a great example of having a really well constructed cigar that burns evenly all the way to the end. Yeah, um, I had zero issues, and and to be honest, <clears throat> I'm like I'm like the weird outdoorsman who's smoking cigars in places he probably shouldn't be smoking them. But I was out in, like, 50-degree winds yesterday yeah. at 1 o'clock in the afternoon smoking this thing, and I still didn't have any issues with it. Yeah. So um, it was it, – it the consistency was great. Hold test, I knew I was going to have troubles on, though. I knew <laughs> with that 50-mile-an-hour winds, yeah, I was going to have some troubles. Um I did a short hold test because I was just like, you know, this wind I know is not, it's not going to, it's not going to last five minutes. There's There's outside elements and factors. There's no way. So I held it for a minute and it was fine. And then I did another hold test for like three minutes and it was out. I was like, yeah, man, this fucking wind's crazy.
0: Right. Not, not normal conditions. No, not normal conditions
1: at all. It was, you know, kind of cooler air kind of kicking through and it was heavily windy. Uh, I knew the whole test was going to be a bit, bit of a challenge for me. Yeah. Um, if I was inside, I, I would have expected no issues, but right. outside it was a little tricky.
0: Yeah. I, I, um, I got a lot out of the burn. I, I paid more. I said I, I probably paid closer attention to the burn th- with this cigar than I typically do with others, and the reason is is because I kind of set a high expectation of this cigar. Too. I really do. So I was, I made a lot of notes. Throughout the cigar, throughout, you know, the hour and 15 Mm -hmm. minutes, I smoked it. I made a lot of notes, but I really wanted to make sure that I didn't, I didn't quit my notation process three quarters of the way through halfway through. I waited till the very end before I really closed that chapter. Yeah. And, um. I will say this. I think the construction of the cigar lends itself to how well it burnt. It was a really even burn. And looking at that, th- that wrapper, it's so super thick. thick. It's super thick. And it burnt so evenly all the way through. It produced a really nice dense ash that I would say from a draw perspective is one of the best I've had. I mean like really super smooth, great plumes of smoke. I never had an issue on the draw ever. Yeah. I will say this, and I mentioned when I was talking about construction that I didn't feel any dead pockets within the cigar. However, I did hit one. Yeah. I am happy to report, although I hit the dead pocket, my cigar never went out. I didn't have to relight it. Was For a, whatever reason, the fillers continued to burn the outer side of the wrapper to where it didn't completely go out. It got closed. Did it prevent it from pitting? It, it did yeah it didn't pit too far down yeah. they it, it was i would say it was more luck than it was <laughs> bet the best construction in the world was it I, the, I think it was just lucky that it they just did you get the to toro burn. is that what you had um yeah the
1: toro yeah that's that, that's just unfortunately one of those things when it
0: comes to long fillers yeah at what point does the wrapper yeah. end and and how well is it constructed to where yeah. that doesn't happen so I was very, very slightly. D- I would have been super disappointed had I had to relight it. Yeah. Um, I just had to take an extra few deep puffs to get it relit and to get the, the edge of the fillers and the wrapper burning evenly again. But once it did, it was fine. And um, it didn't take long yeah. to correct. So. And now to
1: give people perspective, um, I'm a firm believer that various cigars that you'll smoke should be made for very specific Vitolas. Sure. Um, To give you an example of what Crown Hats has with their Los Calaveras blend, they have it in a Robusto, which is kind of like the, like, I want to say like low 50s gauge. Right. Five um, inches. And probably like five inches long. Then they have the Toro, which we had, which when you get into longer sticks, just be mindful that long fillers tend to be not as evenly and, you know, packed. Right towards the back towards your fingers when you're getting to the twenty five percent mark, and then they have it in a uh, Churchill Gordo, which is just a slightly longer uh, than the the Toro, but almost at the same gauge as as their Toro, or if not already at the same gauge. So I feel like the Vitolas were a good choice. I feel like anything bigger than that. Yeah, for this particular type of cigar would be just like a stupid move. Right. Like stupid. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's uh, they're they're calculated as they're far very as they're calculated. They do. So, yeah. yeah, I'm I'm not surprised that that's what they stuck to. Um yeah, so Burn for me was was pretty fantastic. I mean, minus that one minor issue which corrected itself thank God. If I if I would have yeah. had to correct it, I would have been a little bit I would have been a little upset because it's not an inexpensive cigar, so you expect perfection to a yeah. degree. So, yeah. Um, what about flavor for you? Flavor, man. It's my jam. Yeah. This is
1: like the type of sticks I smoke. This is right up your alley. <laughs> um, I love a good Maduro wrapper. I think the Ecuadorian Habano. Maduro. Yeah, it's like what very was that? Cool, it's
0: very cool rapper. God damn, man. It's um, so good. It it was dark enough to where it looked like a San Andreas rapper. At first I was so, like at first I didn't think it was like Ecuadorian. Yeah, I was I was super stoked to find out that that's what it was. Yeah.
1: Um I I thought uh the initial draws uh were great in fact some cigars when you start getting into them burn real harshly. You get some of the that first little foot of spice. Um I don't really get that with this. Now granted I'm a little little under the weather, but yeah. maybe my taste buds are a little burn out. But um it was a really good even smoke of flavors from the beginning to end. Love the pepperiness. Definitely if you dry draw this thing you'll get like an earthiness to it. Almost like a wood or like smoky kind of wood. Yeah. Um, it's just ugh this is my jam. Yeah, this is why I smoke.
0: <laughs> and it, it's really weird because this isn't my ideal flavor no, profile. No, it's not. Yeah, um, the wrapper certainly. I like Maduros because they're usually a little bit sweet. But I'm yeah. not a huge Nicaraguan fan. I'm more Dominican. I like a yeah. little bit of sweet wrapper. Yeah. But and I'll say this: when I first. Like, the first four puffs on that cigar hit my fucking face with spice. Like, I was eating (laughs) goddamn Church's chicken with the extra fucking hot sauce on it. I was like, goddamn, (laughs) dude. It blasted me. And I didn't, like, I wasn't taken, I did not like it. I was just taken by surprise. I was like, holy fuck. And then it mellows out really fast. It does not take it long to balance itself out. No. What I loved about the fillers, I would say really close to about 25% of the way through. And I like, you know, I like making um, comparisons to food. Yeah. What I loved about this one was that there was this smokiness Mm -hmm. and there was a sweetness, even though they were Nicaraguan, but you still had some of the spice. It was literally like Sweet Baby Ray's hickory spice barbecue sauce in my face. I can see that. Like, that's literally, and it was like, and I'm not, that's not a, you know, oh, it tastes like chocolate, it tastes like ho-. It was like, no, I'm like, someone slathered the inside of the cigar with barbecue sauce. It was so fucking good. Yeah, man. That flavor was awesome. I love the smokiness. I think that I was my favorite part. was my favorite part. It was yeah. so good, and I've never really had that combination in a cigar before, so from about 25%. To about 75%, I was really happy. What I got at the end, though, was super surprising for me. And I compared notes to other places that did reviews on the Calaveras, and they I don't think anyone else seemed to get what I got at the end. But I got, like, right at 75%, I got this butteriness and, like, spice. It was like I was chewing on buttery popcorn but I still had that, like, pepper flavor from the beginning, mm-hmm. that spice from the beginning, and it literally ended that way, yeah. which is really weird. I didn't expect that at all. I was I was actually kind of taken back by it, and I was like, I don't know how I like this. But then it was just, like, smooth and creamy the rest of the way through. And it was really good. It was It was very buttery, which I liked. I'm going to quote someone but not slander them, so I'm not going to say where it came
1: from. It was like... <laughs> The smoke is magnificently smooth with perfectly balanced notes of caramel,
0: pepper, cedar, and more. Depending on how much happiness you can handle. You know what's weird is that people... (laughs) God damn it. Okay, what makes me mad when someone (laughs) says... It, ta- <laughs> it tastes like cedar or it tastes like leather. Oh, so you can tell the difference between wood taste. I'm like, I'm like okay, so. So you chew th- on wood? Exactly. Bingo. <laughs> you chew what, on you, fucking wood? You have a practice of munching on Spanish cedar throughout the day. <laughs> oh, Are yeah, you chewing on your boots? That's a Spanish cedar Don't right there. sit there and tell me it tastes leathery and it tastes like cedar. It can smell like cedar because you know it smells like. you know what, and you know what leather smells like, yeah. smells like. But don't sit here and tell me that it fucking tastes like both of those because unless you're munching on a goddamn cowboy boot or you're fucking sitting there eating the fucking two-by-fours inside your walls, don't fucking tell me that it tastes like wood and it tastes like leather. I fucking hate that. I do, too. God, that drives me nuts. It, it does drive me nuts, too. Son of a bitch. Anyway, I thought the flavor was fucking fantastic. Yeah, it was. And I'll get into, like, my overall comprehensive you know, we'll go into the scores and I'll give like, hey, this is overall what I thought. Yeah, I'll give my, I'll give my, like, we'll do like the, 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 we're not debating, but we'll do last statements for sure. Last statements, yeah. Last statements. We'll do that. So what, what was the, the totality of your score? Out of six total points for
1: big six cigar reviews, I gave it a 5.5. 5. What?
0: Yeah. No, you didn't. Sure as fuck did. Look, so it did up, I- look up on that screen. So did I. I gave it a 5.5. 5. Hmm. That's awesome. What, well, which one scored what for you? So what, what was your construction? Construction, I gave it a solid six. Okay. What about burn? 5.25. Okay. And then flavor? 5.25. Okay. Yeah, yours was same scores, different categories. That's awesome. Five points. So you gave it a 5.5. I gave it a 5.5. So the average between the two is guess what?
1: 5.5. Which is a ninety. Almost ninety two percent. Is that our highest
0: rated on there, or is it tied no, for highest rated? It's pretty close, but no, it's not our highest. Our highest is like Oof. the five point seven. Five point seven. Was that Aroma Uh oh, What was that?
1: It was no Cao Colombia. Wow, we gave the Columbia,
0: five, the Bogota five seven, and then and I we have gave a five. My Aroma Craft, Cro Magnon, the Fomorian five six. damn! We got we got quite a few five point fives, five point threes, five point twos. Right. But the Las Calaveras ends up with a fucking five point five. Yeah. Holy shit balls. That's a great score. Yeah. So that would be considered a highly recommended. Oh press. yeah, dude, and they're not expensive. They're so not expensive. I will say this, just and I, I want to preface this because there's a lot of people who listen to our podcast who are new to smoking. I do not recommend this cigar for beginners. No. Because it will kick you in the face. And I just don't want to turn anybody off. Like if you were, if someone were to come to me and say, hey, you know, I smoke this Maduro that had a similar profile. Maybe it had Nicaraguan fillers. I would say, hey, this may be the next progression of something you want to try. Yeah. But for a brand new cigar smoker who's not used to something like this, it's from, from a flavor perspective. Probably a bit much. Probably a little bit much. I don't want to turn anyone off. It's a great cigar for us. And I think for most people who have been smoking as long as we have. Or have that kind of pro- profile and portfolio of cigars that they yeah. smoke, like we have. Yeah, this is a must try. It is an absolute have to. Yeah. Um, but for those who are new to it, I would say make a make a really steady progression up to a cigar like this, just because I don't want to turn you off. Yeah, absolutely. It, it is a there's a myriad of flavors in there that work really well together when you're used to smoking something like this. But if you're not, you could be really turned yeah. off by it. So anyway, yeah, absolutely. So, five point five from you, five point five from me. What are your final thoughts? What are, What do you think about this cigar from a value perspective and price?
1: Price perspective, absolutely worth the cost. You can't really dispute it. What
0: are they? What are it's they like nine? seven bucks, eight bucks. There's no way the Calaveras is eight bucks. Check check that again. I think they're I think they're usually around nine or ten. Well, the one that I that saw that in stores was eleven. Really? Yeah. I mean, I don't know what it is broken down by box. If you were to commit to a box, you would definitely get a. You would certainly get a, a Maybe discount. Maybe it is, but I don't remember being that much. I think for a single stick in stores, you're likely going to pay anywhere from eleven, eleven, probably around the eleven mark. Eleven, twelve. Singles is nine. Singles nine-ish, is nine, nine-ish or ten-ish
1: for a robusto. Name.
0: Yeah. For a Toro, you're thinking like ten, and then, and then
1: the Corona is like
0: eleven ish. Okay, so okay, so let's call it eleven. Let's like split the okay. difference on that. My call bad. I was thinking it was like eight bucks. Yeah, the Lamperio is eight bucks. The Los Calaveras is always because this is. I mean, this really is their best product that they put yeah. out. So I, I expect that it's certainly going to be more expensive, especially after smoking it. So still knowing worth the cost, yeah. So, so knowing that, is it it's worth still it? Worth the it's cost. totally worth it. I cannot say. Enough good things about it. And, and I'll tell you this. I smoked two of the 2014s, and I fell in love with them. And that was the first year they released the Las Calaveras. Yeah. I smoked the 2015 and was super underwhelmed. I was disappointed. I smoked the 2016, which I thought was a better progression of the 2015, but still didn't get me to that 2014 mark. Yeah. The Las Calaveras, the 2014, is in my top five. And if you remember, when I gave my top five, it was actually number two next to the number mm-hmm. nine. The 2017 edition, in my opinion, just kicked out the 2014. 2014 yeah, just there's, dropped. Yeah,
1: there's like an online debate right now where people are comparing the 14 to the 17. Right. John Huber... They people, are different for sure. People are quoting you right now, saying, you know, and just, I mean, I imagine you said this, but you're basically saying that the two thousand fourteen and two thousand sixteen had a baby and this, this the 2017, the result. 2017 is a result.
0: Yeah. I can see that.
1: A, lot of, people, a lot of people are saying there's like nah man, there's no way it's better than the two thousand fourteen. Have you had the two thousand fourteen, it's no way. Here's what I'll say is for a lot of people that at this point have had the two thousand fourteen In the last year or two, you've had an aged 2014. Yeah. And any cigar that goes through the aging process, which is the perfect cigar to go through the aging process. It is the
0: perfect cigar for it. I would agree.
1: You are honestly going to get a better cigar in the long run. It's like a wine, man.
0: Yeah. And see, that's what I was thinking about it. I think if I had a 2014 now that it aged a couple years, I don't know that I would be saying I like the 2017 better. But age the 2017 age the 2017 and what's it going to be yeah like in two exactly years? it's like I, I i totally think it ha- it's on the same it's, par as the 2014 That's really why i need you to bring me one of those over all right gotcha. <laughs> I, i've got to right, age gotcha. one <laughs> i've got to keep it in there for at least a year and then try it a year from now when yeah. the 2018 comes out and we do this whole yeah. song and dance all over i think again.
1: if you buy these and age a few of them maybe a oh, handful God, of yeah. them i think i think you'd be like yeah man it's it's as good, if not better, than 2014. This is one that
0: I would buy a box of. Yeah, I would. It's like I, I would commit, 300 bucks. I'd commit to the $300 and buy a fucking box of them. Yeah. I think they're that good. I was That flavor profile was fucking phenomenal. Yeah, it's goody. It hit everything. It's, it's actually very strange how the fact that Crown Heads is from Tennessee, yeah. and I got that spicy barbecue type flavor. I was like, "Man, that's really weird because it's almost um it's almost synonymous with the city." It was like you're making something based upon, you know, certain popular flavors of the city as a whole. I was like, "That's just it's incredible. It was really good." And I, I don't, don't know, know what, if that was done intentionally. I don't know but,
1: what you're talking about, but I've had the taste of cedar in yeah. rag in, in in in
0: hayweed. Yeah, fucking weirdos. God, I fucking hate that. You know, I actually got a message from a guy yesterday uh, over in the UK. He sent me a message late last night, and uh, actually, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna see if I can find it real quick, Um, just so just so a lot of listeners that we have kind of understand the people who listen to our podcast. Um, and what they really like about us, he said, "Dig your shit." Cool to see someone else breaking down the stigma of the stereotypical cigar culture. God, and I said, "Very, I was like very much appreciated." That's exactly what we're going to continue doing, um, Amen, brother. And he said, "Any hints?" I'm building that message on my end, and I went through kind of a dissertation of, you know, exactly, you know, my thoughts as far as, um kind of the old school mentality of what cigars are, the historics there, there hasn't been a progression and evolution of cigar smoking as there is in other things in current culture. And I think that trend is starting to people like listening to us because we are, we are that younger generation. That's kind of like out with the old and with the new, everybody can enjoy it socially. But the, that stereotype is that it's a rich man's thing. It's a, kind of a prestigious thing. And it's really not like, I'm not, I mean, look at us. (laughs) We're wearing beanies. We have long ass hair. (laughs) Hello. i mean we're we're kind of disgusting looking when you think about it. I'm like, a fucking train wreck right now yeah, we're we're, pretty gr- <laughs> we're fucking gross, but we appreciate and like something just like anybody else would like something. You know what i mean it's yeah. It's no different than someone building a you know a toy train or an r c car, whatever your hobbies are i I just hate the fact that there's always been this illusion that this has to be something for a specific type of person, and it's not at all. It could be for anybody,
1: yeah, man, all hobbies are expensive. You kidding me
0: unless you make mud sculptures. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they are. You you pour you pour money you pour into your something money into you enjoy, your hobbies, man. Yeah, and this is this is a hobby for us and and there's a lot of younger folks who I think it's almost it's not that they can't, it's not that they don't have the ability to spend money on buying cigars, it's that they choose not to because it's the culturally it's not caught up yet. It's yeah. getting there for sure. Plus, and I love our audience because our audience is kind of young and energetic too. Not to say there's there's older guys that listen to us as well, yeah, but yeah. they appreciate the fact that it, we aren't pretentious the and other, that we, we are breaking The other thing
1: that is difficult for people to get into cigar smoking is because it's such a social thing, it's really hard to get into cigar smoking and just smoking by yourself. Right, like it's super hard. Just be like, I do it. I like it. It's but like I'm gonna start cigar smoking, and I guess I'm just gonna do it on my patio.
0: Right, which is what I do every
1: Dude, day. Everybody that I've seen get into cigar smoking, it all started with like being with a group of people. Yeah, for the most part, and like yeah. sh- like sharing yeah. a stick or like chit
0: chatting and or hanging out in a lounge. And or that's outside. and that's exactly how it starts. And that, and yeah. I think you need you need more of a progression of a, the younger generations going into cigar shops and being inquisitive and asking. Here's the thing. Those cigar shops aren't going to be turned off by the fact that a younger crowd is going to be enjoying smokes. Because and that
1: is why I'm starting a cigar social etiquette class starting next Monday <laughs> at 6 p.m. on Instagram, where I'll show you how to interact with people you don't know while smoking a cigar.
0: <laughs> That'd be hilarious. Hey, what are you smoking? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, you got a CA over there. How do you like that? It's good steak. It's good stick Yeah, it, it is it is really social. I've been in a lot of lounges and it's pretty cool. Like the ones in Chicago, it's like the same guys. They actually know who I am when I go in there now, which is every couple months. Yeah. It's the same guys in there and they're all chit chatting, they're all having fun, they're watching sports, or whatever. It is a very social it is a very social hobby. Yeah. And it's it's meant to be that way to a certain degree, but it's not something that you can't not enjoy by yourself, which I do literally every day. But I, I do it it's not that I, I enjoy it because it helps me relax. It's something that I use as a stress reliever once I'm done with work, but it's also because this is part of what we do for the podcast. Yeah. So we're constantly reviewing, we're assessing and so on. So it is, is a hobby slash job, but I don't get paid for it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's yeah. one of those deals. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so I appreciate people sending me messages as far as like, Hey, we really like how it's not pretentious and you're not, you know, you're not talking about munching on cedar wood. You know, you're not munching on your two by fours yeah. behind your wall and you're not eating leather boots or you're not munching on your belt. Yeah. So stupid. God, I fucking hate that. I get the coffee flavor stuff. I get the cocoa flavor stuff because those are things that are edible that you eat from yeah. time to time. Edible, mm, I taste, stuff. I taste cedar. It's like, oh, you're chewing on wood chips again, huh? Except when they go into like the intricate details of like 10 flavors. I remember, do you remember the one, and for anybody who's been listening to this podcast for a while, they remember when we made fun of a certain review organization that I actually admire greatly. I admire them, yeah. Um, but they but they're, said they're pizza, reviews
1: are so ridiculous. pizza
0: crust was a flavor that they got, and it was just like, it's because you just ate pizza. Hey. You just had a Papa John's. Yeah. <laughs> That's all. You're tasting the butter on your lips. <laughs> like, <laughs> come on, dude. <laughs> it's a bunch of bullshit. There's hints of
1: garlic and... And butter and salt and pepper oregano.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you just ate a Marion's. <laughs> you just had a Jets pizza, dude. <laughs> it's like, God damn it, Dan, you just ate an entire Jets pizza. Oh, is that why I taste this? Oh, wow. <laughs> I thought this was a pizza cigar. <sighs> yeah, dumbasses. Anyway, so um, I just got back from a really baller-ass fishing trip. And I'm really sad you couldn't go because I, I really wanted to share... The time, I mean, it was great just me and dad. Yeah. But as you can imagine, I got to do a lot of blocking and tackling with dad. Sure. Like he freaked out when we got to the airport because he he was like, what what are we doing to check for our flights? Like, where do we go? He asked me 10 billion questions. That's what Ron does for him. Yeah. She does it for him. (laughs) So just for our listeners, my dad's almost 70 years old. He's 69. He's the the most wondrous age ever. Um, but he is technology retarded and and senility is setting in. Senility is probably setting in a little bit. He's not, um, very culturally aware. So my, I could say that my dad is kind of in his own bubble all the time. (laughs) Yeah. he's just not aware of a lot of these other things that go on in the world. So when we get to the airport, I, I park in the, and I could literally have an entire like two part episode of just dad and his antics yeah. from this fishing trip, but I'll, I'll collapse it as much as I can. So we go to the the shuttle parking lot, which is the blue lot. And just to remind you and everybody else, I travel frequently, especially out of Columbus. So yeah. it's down to, I've got it down to a science and dad was like, he was like, "Whoa, well, where's he taking us? I'm like, where, where are we going? I was like, we're going to the fucking terminal. We're going to the front. So we can check in. <laughs> then dad sees the kiosk for Southwest as opposed to talking to a person. He's like, oh, what do I do here? And I was like, I'll do it for you. Settle down. Jesus Christ. Was like, hand me your. And literally it was like click, 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 print, boarding pass, done. Slap the thing on your suitcase oh, and let's walk ki- yeah, on. Yeah, little touch kiosks that are like. Right. Right, you don't have to go up to talk to the person. Right, it's just touch kiosk. It prints everything. Yeah, you, yeah. the only human intervention is you give them their bag, yeah, your bag, and then you move on. Yeah. Then we get to security, okay. and there's nobody in security. Like we we were actually at the <coughs> airport pretty early, and we sat there for a while So we just walked through security. There's like no one there. He's like, oh, what do I have? To, what, I mean, what do I have to do when I get in line? And I told him, I was like, make your sure ID. your ID's out. Give him your ID, and your you have to have pass. your boarding pass. And he was like, well, when I get in line, I was like, what, what do I have to take off? Like, what, do I do? what do I put in those bins? I was like, they'll tell you. And I was like, but I was like, because you are a senior citizen, you're likely not going to have to take off your belt or shoes. So you probably get to leave those on. You don't have an extra bag with you. So you may just be able to walk right through, which he did. He had to take off his like fluffy jacket. That yeah. was it. He walks through. And he's like, well, where's our gate at? Like, I don't know where we take off from. Like, where, where do we go in the gate? And I was like, well, there's only A1 through a eight. So it's gonna be one of the eight, and we've got an hour to figure it out. (laughs) Oh, God. He just, he he was getting, because he doesn't understand and because he doesn't know, he gets really like amped up and uh, the anxiety just sets in. So once I did everything for him, including getting the rental car, I drove everywhere. He had to do nothing. He's the most relaxed I've ever seen him, minus asking me five billion fucking questions, which I was like, you're killing me. He just, like, the most random, just incoherent shit I've ever heard in my <laughs> life. And I'm just like, what are you talking about? But it was really cool because, you know, we went fishing Yeah, um, Thursday and Friday. Best fishing I've ever done in my life. I caught more fish than I care to admit. It was fucking intense. But you get a big ass one. I saw. Oh, I got, I got many big ass fish. I didn't take, I didn't take pictures. I maybe took ten pictures out of the fucking hundred and fifty fish I got. It was Damn. insane. Like it was just nonstop. So we had a lot of fun. Dad loved it. He's like, best vacation I've ever been on. I was like, well, that's kind of sad. <laughs> you know, because, like, this is the, this you're nature. fucking 69 years old. And we, were gone, had we, were gone for, we were gone for three days. <laughs> like, wait, what? Um, but, it, you know, dad was fishing, and it was, um, it was a great experience for him. He wants to go back every year going forward. He's just like, that was just so much. And I told him, too, because, like, at first, I told him how much it costs for the guide that we take. And Dave and I had done a lot of vetting the prior year to make sure we got the best guide when we went down there. Money is no object. Just get us the best experience. That's what we wanted. And so you pay for it. And I yeah. told dad how much it was. And he's like, oh, I don't know, son. He's like, it's gotta be this guy's got to be pretty good. Oh, That's a lot of money. By the end of it, dad was like, I would have paid triple for that. <laughs> we gave the guy just a hell of a tip, too, because he's really, really good. Like, you have to experience fishing with it. He's just so not only is he good at what he does, he's very personal. Like, he gets is as, as excited as you get and amped up, he gets equally amped up. Like, the guy just gets, like, giddy when you're just on to fucking awesome fish. Like, he goes crazy. So the energy is up the entire day. Dad never sat down. That's First good. time, eight hours a day, he was just in it the entire time. His wrist was Fucked after the first I'm day, sure though. it was. Oh, he was, he was in some pain. We both, dad went to bed at 7 the first night. I went to bed at 8.30. The second night, we had to be up early, too, the, after the first night. But the, on Friday night, yesterday, <coughs> we didn't have to be up until, we didn't have to be at the airport until, like, 9. So we got yeah. to sleep in. I went to bed at 8 and woke up at, like, 7.30. And I needed all that sleep because I was so worn out. Like, it was just nonstop. Yeah. So we we caught some pretty cool fish. It was a good experience. Dad and I hung out at the the back patio, went to that cigar shop, and I picked yeah. up some cigars. And we just had random. He was telling me about his military days, which Jesus Christ, that is an episode in and of itself. Yeah. I want Dad on here so he could talk about that stuff. It's really funny. He's telling me some funny stories about him in New York and oh, like they're hilarious, so funny. In Germany, yeah, some really good stories. But it was it was a great experience. I'm got I'm glad that I got to good. spend that with Dad. That was pretty cool. I'm glad he committed to it. Yeah, I was a little worried at first because he had his—he a little medical scare last week. Yeah, and I'm like, "Fuck, Dave's out. Then Dad's going to be out." And Lauren asked me, she's like, well, "What if they can't go?" I was like, "I'm going solo, and I'm not going to give two shits about it. I'm going to go regardless. I yeah, am going shit. down there. I'm not canceling this trip. I will fish by myself. I give no fucks." <laughs> like I was—I was ready to go, man. Yeah, man. It was really fun. Had a blast. So you got to make sure you go with us next year because is, it is—it is intense. I will for sure. Um. So, that being said, a uh, few things going on in the news that I just wanted to make note of. One's a a little lighter than the other, and the first one is um. There's all this controversy around Donald Trump having the ability to uh, drop a nuke on anyone Whatever at any he wants time, to. right? Yeah. Because he is the president, he's the ultimate authority. So there's all this stuff going around because North Korea is continuing making threats. Uh, Kim Jong-un actually called Donald Trump old and Donald Trump responded in a tweet and said, well, I wouldn't call you short and fat, which was fucking hilarious. (laughs) It was hilarious, but everybody's kind of looking at it and going, well, Donald Trump already has a short fuse. At what point is he just going to get pissed off for, for really stupid reasons, right? Negligible reasons, petty reasons, and he's going to fire off a fucking nuke. And, um, you know, there's there's some people who are really terrified about that. There's a lot of people who don't understand, although he is the ultimate authority that there is because it is a nuclear there weapon. There
1: metrics in place. There's
0: authorization processes yeah. that they have to go through. There's legality issues people have, you know, you have to go through all the way up into the president. So one of the things that I wanted to shed some light on because people are fucking freaking out, like, you're just going to hit a button. and It's going to go. It's like, Jesus fucking Christ. You can't be that stupid. Um, so there is a, um, a general, um, who is, I believe it was one of his advisors actually said, Hey, what did he say? I think some people think we're stupid. Um, his response to a question, uh, About such a such a scenario, we're not stupid people. We think about these things a lot. When you have this responsibility, how do you not think about it? And he's talking about the ultimate authority of nuclear power given to the president. So,
1: yeah, because it just really boils down to if Trump's like, let's send it, and just like, right, like they can
0: they can resist, right? And if you do it on certain terms. It's actually illegal, yeah. and you can you you know Donald Trump would likely spend the last rest of his life in jail. So there are authorization processes that go through. Not saying that I, I think the United States has always been under the position that nuclear authority is a defensive position, not an offensive position. I think only until or if we are ever attacked is is the only time that nuclear yeah. power would be taken in consideration. Give you an example
1: as head of Stratcom. Uh, this is quoted from, what's his name, Heighton? John
0: Heighton, yeah. Uh,
1: I provide advice to the president. He will tell me what to do, he said in his remarks. Retransmitted in a video posted on forums, of Facebook page, he says, and if it's
0: illegal, guess what's going to happen? I'm going to say, Mr. President, that's illegal. That's illegal. Yeah, and if he does it anyway, he'll be thrown in prison. At that point, we probably won't have to worry about prison because it's just going to be an all-out war. You know, the thing that terrifies and me— If he if he
1: executed an unlawful order, he will go to jail. Right. Forever. Forever.
0: Forever. So, so yeah, like the, the only thing that really concerns me and all this threats is that not that an offensive position is going to be taken in the United States. However, I think because now this is out there— People are already figuring out ways to hate the United States. Yeah. North Korea. There's a lot of Middle Eastern countries. It's at what point are, is everybody just going to be tired of the antics and go, you know what? Fuck you, superpower. We're all banding together. United States go suck it. And then where are we at? And our allies is going to stick by our side because at the end of the day, I think United States has maintained a very diplomatic position over the course of many years. We take action when it's necessary. For the most part, there are things that have happened where a subjective opinion based on our perspective. Right. And, <laughs> and it's like, well, there was a lot of tyranny going on sure. in the Middle East, but there's also a lot of oil. Yeah, there is. It's political too. Man. Right. There's bin Laden's in Afghanistan. But there's also a lot of poppy seeds. It's It's economical, man. Right. There's economic. Any military wars are profitable. Yeah. They're always profitable because it, it builds up production within the United States and actually boosts the economy. There's tax. There's positive tax, you know, things that happen as a result. You know, you're paying more into defense. You're paying more into federal, depending yeah. on what has to be produced in the way of defensive military weapons and so on. So there's all these positives when you go to war. But, you know, in this instance, I feel like dropping a nuke, just that opens you up for that just opens you up forever. It opens up the United States to to be dethroned and not to say, I don't want to say we're throned as far as like. You know, we sit in the Ivory Tower and all these other countries are negligible in comparison. That's not what I mean. But everybody understands that the United States has always been a world police and it's you've got this you've got this yeah. president who's just got a short fuse and can make a really terrible decision at any moment. Despite legality issues, it's like at what point are these other countries just gonna go, you know what? Fuck you guys. That's why we got a lot of Makes friends around the world. That's why there Dude, was an NXC and allies. Yeah, that's true. We just we hope they continue being friends, Yeah, you know, despite the president. But
1: And then these little, uh, no, not to talk down upon them, but almost tribe countries, right, where they're just, it's just them by themselves. Right. They don't really have any friends. Right. And they're just like, we're making spears.
0: Yeah, small tribes. Like Brazil, <laughs> Peru. We
1: got spears and we got like these conch shells. So yeah. horns.
0: And you know what's fucked up about that whole thing is if you think about, <laughs> if you think about a nuclear attack, the attack, a nuclear attack would be focused on large populations for the most part, always. right? Or, or areas of production. Yeah. It's like, always. how do you dismantle the economy of another country? So you think about like Aborigines who are very, there hasn't been a level of. Evolution that's existed with Aborigines as there has, especially from a technology perspective, as there has the rest of the world. (laughs) No one's going to attack the Aborigines. No. So how fucked up would it be at the end of the day? Everyone's dead except for the people in like forests in Brazil. Hey man, and it's just right back to the beginning. Like boom, well we're just we just kicked ourselves right back to the beginning of evolution, and those guys are still surviving, still out there. That'd be crazy. That would be talk about that would be insane, and and like. It all happens, and they're just like, this is why we do what we do. (laughs) And then like thousands
1: of years later, they're going to come across technology about the American society or they
0: say modern society. They're like,
1: I don't know how this battery works.
0: (laughs) Half of them never even heard like an English-speaking voice before. There's still a lot of hidden tribes, dude. It's crazy. We're still doing that shit with Egypt, man. Yeah, we find intense. shit. We find technology
1: in Egyptian culture, and we're like, "Holy shit!" A time, like they what? had batteries back then. We're like, how do they do this shit? It's, it's like, yeah. Intense. Imagine if you figured that out hundreds of years prior
0: to this moment, we would be much further ahead. Yeah, we would. We would. But things happen for a reason. A butterfly effect. Yeah, um, but anyway, I just want to like I wanted to bring up the whole nuclear topic because I know a lot of people freak out. So like, you just press button and boom, everyone's done. It's like no, 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 no. Like Jesus Christ, there so let's, is. No, let's it,
1: have a little bit of logic. This isn't a wily coyote cartoon where there's just a big fucking red button. Yeah, exactly. This says fire on it. Yeah, <laughs> he just,
0: like touches and he's, it, and then it just says. He's off. like, "Ooh, <laughs> no. what's going to happen?" Yeah, I mean, first of all, that's a giant decision, and it's not one he's ever going to make in a room by himself. No, never. So, he's going to be surrounded by counsel. Right. So people authority. stop freaking out. Um, anyway, so I was enamored by this the other day, and I've seen so much stuff on the new Tesla semis and the oh, yeah. new Tesla Roadster. Uh-huh so they Tesla had a uh a, like a giant convention the other day where they just announced and brought out their new um line of which i don't think they're supposed to hit the marketplace for another couple of years, but it is the electric semi truck and the the new all electric uh roadster, so it's Tesla's version of a fucking sports car like an yeah. exotic yeah now start with the semi truck. I thought this was really cool and unique just because I think electric-powered vehicles bring something more to the table than just being generous to um, the ecosystem. Yeah. Um, I think they bring much more in the way of efficiency. I think they could bring much more in the way of semi-trucks' ability to get from point A to point B in a in a better manner. Like, even these semi-trucks are faster. Like, you should see these things take yeah, off. you don't have to fuel them. Yeah, you don't have to fuel them. And— I think it was – they announced that the semi-truck, if they – you have to build the infrastructure for the power stations. That's the big thing. And I'll get back to what I feel as far as, like, the advancement in electric technology, especially because I'm a gas-powered kind of American. Um, So they were talking about the ability to build these power stations, these power depots all across the country, which we've done with, like, travel gas stations, right? Pilot stations are built for semi-trucks, travel lodges – or not travel lodges, that's a hotel – um, travel something built for Hell, some, of the, trucks.
1: some of the new, um, I want to say, uh, not speedways,
0: shell stations have, uh, electric charging. Yeah. There's, stations. there's a lot that do now, especially if you're in big cities, yeah. it's not uncommon to see. Um, but they were talking about to be able to power these semi trucks. And the cool thing was, is they go f- that 500 miles without refueling. So right now it would be very generous, for regional type deliveries, you can't go cross country, right? But they're talking to these power stations that 80% of the power could be regenerated in 30 minutes for a semi truck. That's a pretty quick amount of time, right? That's enough. So I look at it and say, okay, that's enough time for a semi truck driver who's going cross country to take a break, to, take a break, to go yeah. inside the travel center, you know, take a shower or whatever they may need to do, grab a bite to eat, come out, boom, you're refueled, oh, and, I and move shoot on. so bad. I think it's I think it's a really cool progression. And what I love about Elon Musk, especially when it comes to vehicle electric vehicle technology, is that he's not he's doing what other people I think want to aspire to do long term. He's just doing it. He's just making the fucking decision. He's like this is how we're going to have to go and it's going to be expensive. Like people were bashing, "Well, it's great that you made the Semi, but now you have to make the infrastructure for the power stations." And he's like, "And if we have to spend billions of dollars doing it, that's what we have to do. to Long-term evolve. goal, man. Right, you have to do it. We've we've done it with so many other technologies. People are like being kind of shitty about it and they're criticizing it, going, "Well, that could never happen." Well, what about you know uh, diesel diesel trucks and semi trucks have lasted a hundred years, and it's like, well, what did you have before that? You were carrying everything on a train, so you had to take a chance on diesel trucks sometimes. Yeah. Right. You had to be able to take a chance on new technology back then. Why is this any different? The criticism people process, change. Yeah, it's it's actually really frustrating because long term, this is believe it or not, it's our future. There's more electric cars on the road today than there ever was a uh, year yeah, ago. The last couple three years. Of years, yeah. There's more and more every single day. So I like the idea of it. They're efficient. It's better for and and I will say this. I truly believe this. I think about things people make money off of. Like we've talked about this before. Tech, convenience, right? Health is something people are willing to spend money on, that will always spend money Mm -hmm. on. I think the next progression is how someone is going to make money off of global warming. How they're going to make money off the idea that that global warming is a thing. Elon Musk is already doing it. How do we save the ozone? How do we make it more eco-friendly? Okay, well, I'm going to start all this electric technology. That's what I'm going to do. Like, there's been talks about outsourcing farming. Like, you know how in big cities, since yeah. you can't build out, you have to build up? Yeah. Now there's a new technology that allows people to build upwards. So instead of farming across land, you can farm upwards. So they're building these, like, towers, these farm towers. That's cool and, shit. And, and um, you building can have automated rail systems do all the picking for yeah, you. Yeah, and so so you're you're growing farm, farming is going up instead of out, right? So you're you're taking up less land. You're just building up in the sky. In addition to that, they're already talking about synthetic soils because soil nutrients are going to deplete over. I mean, the course of the next hundred years, you're not even going to have plantable soil anymore. So they're talking about synthetic soil. So all these things that have adversely affect our environments over a period of time. If you can make, the whole idea is to make money off of something that is going to be, like global warming, is going to be tragic over time. It's no different than medicine. Medicine's been the same way for so many years. You make, think about Viagra. Erectile dysfunction, ED, as a clinical term, never existed until Viagra came out. Because they produced this pill by accident. And they're like, well, we, we have to have a clinical dysfunction for it. We'll call it erectile dysfunction. Boom. Then you have a clinical definition. Now you have the cure done. And billions of dollars later, there's Viagra. Oh, yeah. So they're going to keep doing it. And my whole thing is I'm circling it back to, like, the electric technology. At some point, you have to make an evolution to that because as, a, as a, we can't sustain what we, we're doing now currently. No. So I, I commend Elon Musk for being able to do this type of stuff, to have the forethought and to have the thick skin to kind of go up against all the criticism and say, fuck you. I'm going to do what I want. And I'm going to make the world better. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, The other thing that they had out, so in addition to the semi-truck was the Roadster. Yeah, yeah. You see it's zero to 60 time? Uh -uh. Uh-uh. 1.9 seconds. Holy shit. 1.250 miles an hour. Guess how much it's going to cost when they produce it to Uh, the consumer. A million? Nope. Two million? Nope, lower. Oh. Uh, 1.5 million. Two hundred thousand dollars. Oh
1: shit! That's a sweet deal. Is that
0: not fucking insane? Two hundred thousand dollars. Two hundred fifty miles mm-hmm. I th- um, I th- I thought per was, charge. I mean, it's still technically a supercar at that price range. Oh, but it's it's a supercar, but it's a manageable. Th- think it's about a manageable it. Manageable price. Next to that is the the fastest production cars. The new Bugatti starts with a C. Cheerio. Chirio? Yeah. Cheerion. Yeah. Chir- Chinchiro? <laughs> Chinchilla. Chinchilla. <laughs> whatever the fuck that thing is, it which like is a, it looks like a gerbil on wheels. Yeah, exactly. They're <laughs> ugly as shit. They cost $2 million. Uh, yeah, so yeah. imagine having something that is a tenth of the price. Even the Koenigsegg for model? More per, for
1: more performance. Like the Regera. Like Koenigsegg is like a $2 million car.
0: Yeah, that's insane. This is going to be 200000 Is there a picture of it on here? Scroll down Let and see, see if we can find a picture. I am just absolutely the... enamored by this car. That's a semi-truck right there. The roadster's down a little bit. Scroll. Scroll, so, so the roadster is like it's a really tiny two seater though. When you look at it, it's ah. it's uh, it's it, it's space is certainly limited. But dude, that's a sexy fucking car. It is pretty. That is a very pretty. It reminds me of the new Acura NSX. It looks like a. Polka. But it's it's cool because it has a target top, so it has a removable top on it, which I think is sweet. It looks like Mewtwo from Pokemon. <laughs> It kind of does. That's weird.
1: That's like the eyes. <laughs> I'm sorry if I got real nerdy on the podcast, people. but
0: <laughs> the new Roadster looks like a red Mewtwo. Dude, isn't that a hot car, though? Oh, sorry. That, that Bugatti Chiron is $3 million. Oh, to where, shit. To where the uh, the Tesla Roadster is going to come out at 200000 So way less. Way less of a cost. And, dude, that's a hot car. That's cool. I mean, if I had that kind of money to spend, I would buy that electric car at 1.9 seconds, 0 to 60. You would have to have, like, a G-Force helmet for that. You'd have to have one of those suits, like those (laughs) G-Force NASCAR suits. Yeah. So you didn't feel like you're going to throw up every time you launched it. I think it's pretty incredible. I I really like what Elon Musk is is doing. The the flight jackets that, like, like jet fighter pilots wear yeah that's where, what i'm talking like about restricts
1: the blood flow in your legs so it keeps all that's the blood that's exactly what i'm talking about and like their fucking helmets <laughs> that kind of like
0: squeeze their head yeah. like a certain way so you can't feel a g-force when you're turning dude that's it's it's pretty incredible what they're doing i really i like that car a lot it aesthetically is super pleasing i it think is. it's a really nice car and they always release their cars in that maroon color which i don't like i would love to see that in a black or a silver. Or even a white. White would look like a base color. I just I don't like the maroon color that much. But outside of that, man, that is a fucking sweet car. Yeah. Sweet car. And I can only imagine like the reason it can go to zero sixty in one point nine seconds is because it doesn't weigh shit, right? Those electric those electric engines don't weigh nearly as much as just a mechanical gas engine. So the fact that it's so lightweight and it can produce the electricity produces so much power. I think I think it's I think it's incredible. I really like what they're doing. So I'm. Um, if anyone hasn't seen the new semi-trucks or even the Roadster platform, take a look at them. I think they're fucking cool shit. And their stock rose immediately that day. It just went, like, through the roof. It just bumped up big time in the release of both Actually, of those. This
1: is, like, kind of an interesting concept talking about Tesla could, if they wanted to, afford an actual racing team with their cars and see if they can get them into, like, some type of
0: racing league i guess yeah. well porsche porsche is already backing out of the one of the gt platforms to invest in electric racing so porsche has yeah. already decided they, they the want to go the electric way and they want to do formula one racing with electric cars so they'd be right long i've, right seen, along a, I've seen
1: an all-electric formula one racer <sighs> and it's intimidating as fuck you know what's weird it's like what do you hear you just probably hear a wine it, like it's, a a it's, hmm. really it's a really high wine it's a really high wine
0: it just be so weird. And there's like
1: literally no gear.
0: Yeah, and just it's just, just, just one
1: continuous incline
0: of pitchiness, and then it so strange. It down. It goes lower. I would love. I you know I'm a huge fan of the BMW i8s. Yeah. Which a lot of people don't like them. I'm like fuck you. That is such a cool electric car. 350 horsepower in an electric car, and those cars are fast because they don't weigh shit. Yeah. I would love the i8s. I think they look cool as fuck. So I'm glad that these companies are producing these really cool sports cars, these roadsters, the supercars, and, el- and electric. I think it's a really cool idea. It's
1: brilliant. <laughs> the bottom line at the moment is simple. Musk continues to bite off pieces that are too big to chew, but he hasn't choked yet.
0: Yeah, I, that's bullshit, man. Look at if, that, criticism. My, look my at thing that is, sideways criticism. My thing is, like, if it's not him, then who? Yeah. Who else is going to do it? He's got the money. Fuck. Yeah, he's got the right vision for multi-billions. it. Multi-billions. And the guy's a freaking genius. Like, if it's not going to be him doing it, who's going to do it? I commend him, dude. You have to take those kind of risks. That sounds like a sideways, like, sarcastic remark. Yeah, by some cunt. Fuck them. You know what? He's
1: taking way too big of risks. But, I mean, he hasn't choked yet. But it's like, that's implying, like, oh, there's going to come a time come time when yeah. he's going to
0: choke. Yeah. And, and we're, we're just all going to laugh it. at him. We're all waiting for it. He's going to run out of money. Yeah, it's bullshit. Even his SpaceX program is pretty sweet. He's been the only one to to launch rockets into space since it had to go NASA privatized disappeared. Anyway, yeah, yeah. So it's like he's doing something right, assholes. Um. Anyway, hoo wee, that was a fun podcast. About an hour in. Would you go to the moon and back with me? I would. I'd farm on the moon. Yeah, I'd farm on Mars too. Yeah. They're talking about outsourcing that.
1: And I I all I can think <laughs> of is Total Recall with fucking swords the when they get thrown out the vents and their his eyes, eyes are popping out of their, their face, their lack of and they're, oxygen they're
0: like bubbling. Because that's what happens when oxygen depletion. <laughs> your whole face bubbles you up. Bubble your up. eyes pop out of I your guess, fucking head. I guess. So I, actually, you just choke to death and die. Yeah. That's what happens. Your lungs stop, stop moving. You super dry out. Yeah, you fucking weird asses. <laughs> It's a pretty good, pretty cool movie though. Never watched the remake with uh, Colin Farrell. I was really not interested at all. I, I really gave two shits. Um, thank you for everybody who listens to the podcast and for everyone who participated in the giveaway is greatly appreciated. And of course, cheap plug, uh, please subscribe, rate and review. It is very important to us that you do those things. So, yeah. Oh man. Um, LondonTobaccos.com for our office cigar product. You can buy Alpha Cigars at com and enter promo code big 6 bigsix at checkout for twenty percent off.
1: Always gotta show some love for them, Alpha Boys. Gotta you know show
0: gotta show them some love. Oh, I did want to before we hang up the phone here. Um wanted to let everybody know. Um, because we gave some constructive feedback for Nicholas J, Cigars by Nicholas J. Yeah, he's actually created some sample packs as of recent. He actually hit me up and let me know, hey. I took what you said to heart as far as distribution goes and until I'm w- more widely distributed I've I've now created some four pack samplers and Good he's got for a, you. he's got a mega 16 pack sampler which is a huge variety of the two different blends that he has and different bottles different okay So he's got that breakdown as well, and he's got a bonus points. He's got like a points program um, that offers up discounts long-term for buying a cigar. So he's moving in the right direction. I think it's very awesome. I wanted to make mention on here because he actually mentioned it to me yesterday that he has all these sample packs and stuff that he's doing. So definitely encourage people to try him out. Um, We will be reviewing the Maduro next week, I think. So. I guess we don't have to do a Thanksgiving special. Maybe we just do Maybe we smoke it with some turkey. I'm off Friday too, so maybe we could even do a podcast on Friday. But it'll release the next Monday regardless. So we'll just we'll just not tell you the date when we're recording. It's like yeah. hey, it's Thanksgiving. It's Thanksgiving. Yeah, and by the time everybody hears this, it'll actually be Monday, November twentieth. I'm just so like tomorrow. a big
1: old turkey. <laughs>
0: Thanksgiving edition. And it's just me and you eating. Just getting fat as fuck. You just hear like cranberry sauce dripping off of our tongues. (laughs) That'd be so annoying. I would never eat on this podcast. Just a
1: thick glaze of gravy over the mic.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. As always, we appreciate everybody listening. Uh, We will be back at you next week with another review. We'll be doing um, the C Maduro by... Nicholas J. So that'll be uh, the second one that we've done of his cigars. He's only got two out now, so we'll have both blends reviewed uh, for everybody's edification. So until next week, enjoy, everybody.